The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the good news that in him we have salvation. We ask that you'd enlighten our minds so that we may appreciate all that Christ has done for us and all that we are because of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Over the next five weeks during Lent, we're going to be looking at the first half of the book of Romans. Uh, I wonder when you last looked at Romans. Um, it's full, as you heard um, Mary read that, of um, clauses and is heavily laden with theological meaning, which might feel, make it feel like, oh, this is quite hard going. During Lent, we felt it's right for us to, to work at something and to understand better what Paul's get going on about here. In Camborne Church, we often talk about serving Camborne with the gospel. Here in Romans, Paul brings together all his thinking and says, here in essence is the gospel. We want to see it, we want to understand it, we want to live it and recognize all that Christ has done for us. So it seems appropriate in Lent that, that, we, that we take time to, to do this. This is Paul's last letter. He's getting ready to go to Rome, um, the capital of the empire. Um, and so it's a summary of, of his teaching. It's interesting, I think, for us, particularly here in Camborne Church, because one of the striking things about it is that we, when we read the New Testament, we tend to think of these letters being written to huge churches. I just think we naturally think we've heard the word Romans so often, the letter to the church in Romans. We tend to think of a church, huge church, place, city center church somewhere, it's massive. Actually, we are already more in number than the Rome, to the Roman Christians he was writing to. It's quite striking when we get ahead around that. There was less probably than 100, it's estimated, Christians in Rome, a city of nearly a million people at that time. And secondly... What's interesting again for us is that the letter wasn't written to one big congregation, but it was written probably to five missional communities who were scattered throughout the city. The book of Romans. I'm not quite sure how it comes to be, but kids forever seem to be playing games that you think you've played in times past. It seems only yesterday that I was thinking about not stepping on the cracks or... Um, whatever it was. Last week we were taking a forever to get home from school with Cameron and it wasn't that he was doing, it was his shadow he was obsessed with. Um, and he was trying to step in Cara's shadow while she wasn't allowed to step in his. Um, you smile because it's a game that you've probably played as well. The thing that got him was even when he hid, his shadow gave himself away. The concept of the shadow has been a dominant part of the psychology of Carl Jung, a famous psychoanalyst. And he said that just as we have backs and noses and ears, so every one of us has a shadow side, a side to our personality. Sigmund Freud said at also in the same period of history that we have a death instinct. That's the way he put it. Um, all human beings had an id, an ego, a superego. And inside that id is a cauldron of seething and writhing impulses, including the death instinct. 
Oh, sounds grim, doesn't it? What I mean is, have you ever, you've been driving your car and a car's coming towards you, something, occasionally, you just give me the thought of, I'll turn the wheel, you know. Well, where did that come from? What's that about? Or you're up a tall building and you look over the edge and you can like think, I could throw myself over here. No, whoa, whoa, what, what, what am I doing? What's going on here? Where, where does this come from? Or people that eat or drink or something to excess. What's that about? Knowing that it is harmful. What's going on? Jung called it the shadow. Freud called it the death instinct. Apostle Paul here calls it the old Adam. Or he talks about sin, the dark side of us. Now our shadow probably in all of us varies. We have, some of us might struggle with the shadow of anger that looms, that flares up in our life. Others might have shadows of pride and superiority. While others might have dark shadows of sexual lust and fantasy. Um, Some of you might have shadows of material consumption and the accumulation of nice things. Each of us, in our unique way, have a shadow that consistency bulge and inflate and are susceptible, each of us, to particular vices. We don't just have shadows inside of us. We have our shadows in our world around us, don't we? Sometimes these shadows cast dark, dark, long shadows over us. I recently watched a film... Captain Wood. Have you seen that film? Have you seen that film, Captain Wood? Um, it's, a, it's a film about some Poles in the Second World War in 1940. Um, and it's a very somber film. Um, the Polish people are caught up between the Romans and the Soviets. Um, and they go out to face the Germans, first of all, on, their, on horseback. Very noble, very dignified, very proper, very solemn. The Soviets, however, are the ones that come from the other side and take them captive. And the size of their weaponry makes the Polish effort seem a bit naive. And so the Poles are taken captive. Um, there's even a point in the film where one of the soldiers' wives comes and says to him, you could escape now, you could run away. And in his dignity he said, no, we will become prisoners of war. That I am a Polish officer, I, I will do this. But as this film goes on and you see them rounded up and their uniform taken off of them and put onto trains first of all and then onto cattle trucks, I knew the history, I knew the story. But there was a dignity and a quietness about it. And yet each of these officers, 20,000 of them, are taken and shot individually in the head by the Soviets and their bodies are dumped in mass graves. 1940. But even today in our world, the shadows, Gaddafi is bombing his own people. What is going on? So easy, however, to point the finger far away. One thing that just incensed me this week, I don't know about you, I jumped out of my chair when I heard the bonus that, um, that um, what's his name again? Stephen Hester is getting from the Royal Bank of Scotland. £7.7 million pounds when it's our money as taxpayers. What's going on in our world? Clearly there are shadows. Clearly there is evil. There's a pervasive power of sin around And so as Christians, how do we deal with this? 
And there are several ways we can deal with this. One of the ways is to say the world is evil. And those of us that are Scots are good at that. You know, we get the reputation of saying, ah, you're all doomed, forget it, you've had it. And uh, there was a teenager who um, went to, to Hamilton Road, a big Presbyterian church in Bangor, Northern Ireland, um, preaching on Psalm 24, part of a mission team, and they split up the, the talk into different parts. And so it was his turn um, to do the second part. And the question was left by the first person, who then shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And this person who was me stood up, they went up these many up these stairs, up these, because it was a big pulpit in the Presbyterian church. And my opening words, that 2,000 assembled crowd was no one. I can still remember the adrenaline rush, the kind of thrill of, of saying that. And being Presbyterians, uh, Irish Presbyterians at the end of it, um, that gave them such a thrill, they asked me to preach again on Sunday. We can at times. What is it about us as human beings that there's something that, that excites us as we poke around and we see evil and we talk about it and it fascinates us? It's not where Paul goes with this letter to the Romans. Our society is the other extreme though, isn't it? Our society would say it doesn't matter how people live or behave. We live in an age of um, Western liberalism, where if you want, that's what you want to do, that's fine. Or we can deny that there's sin inside of us. We can pretend there's no shadow in our lives. We can stick our head in the sands. Or we can thoroughly try and run away from it. I know people that are trying not to see those things that are pretty horrible in life. And so people buy themselves a, a house in a nice place and they kind of... Oh, the evil that's happening, it must be right over there. Goodness me, look at that. That's terrible. What about the demons here? What about the demons here? Let's look at how Paul invites us to engage with the reality of our world and the reality of our lives as we look to these words in Romans. Paul in Romans is saying that God has made his ways plain to us in the natural order of things, if you look at chapter 1 of Romans. And yet we have failed to thank God and recognize that there is a creator. We have preferred to put human beings at the center of things and not God. And so from the very outset, we have the gospel of Jesus Christ over against human culture. Even from the very first verse, God's justice and righteousness stands against ungodliness and injustice. And so, later in verse 18, we have a God that is full of wrath. And this is not because God likes being angry, but because God detests sin. It's not part of his plan. God wants people to live properly together and in relationship with him. If God were not angry, he would not be a holy good God. God hates that which damages and destroys the world he's made. And he's not into the business of saying it doesn't matter. God loves everyone and everything in his world. It does matter. If God is a holy good God, it does matter. And so in Romans, we see another way of living our lives. We see our way of living our life in Jesus Christ, who reveals the heart and the mind of God. 
And we see in Jesus Christ that God loves human beings. Human beings that have shadows, big shadows, little shadows, long shadows, short shadows, young shadows, old shadows. God truly loves people with shadows since that's the only kind of people that there are. God's love for us is freely given, graciously given to all human beings. And so instead of trying to escape the shadows, life is loving people who have all kinds of shadows inside them and all around them. And we will go on to see in weeks to come that Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty for our sin, for our shadow. Jesus Christ covers over our sin. We can be obsessed with ourselves and our sin. We can completely deny it. And yet as Christians, there's another way that Romans suggests. In Christ, we have been changed and we are new people. And so that's working through this process is what we're going to do as we look at the, the letter to the Romans. Seeing that under the law, with Christ coming, and what difference it makes to our status with God in what Jesus has done. We arrive at chapter 8, which says, In Christ there is no condemnation for those of you who love God. Paul writes in Colossians 3, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. There's a fundamental spiritual change has taken place in terms of our identity, in terms of holiness. Those of us that have been reading the Old Testament um, and struggling with it, it's amazing how much they had to do to be holy at that time. The amount of ritual purification, the amount of things to do to make themselves holy. We as Christians come and say the name Jesus Christ, for he becomes holy for us, so that we can live in our world, aware of our shadow side, but aware of living in God's presence with Christ inside us, changing us from glory into glory. Let's over these next few weeks wrestle with this letter and come to a deeper understanding, not just of our world, but also of our changed state with God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. And we ask that you would help us to recognize who we are and to recognize who you've made us in Jesus. God, we ask that you would change our hearts, you would enlighten our thinking, that we wouldn't be obsessed with sin, we wouldn't be obsessed with ourselves, but we would live lives that flow out of your grace and your goodness, your generosity and your love for the world, that we may participate in your ways. God, we thank you that that is your calling for us. Help us to be your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.